We're speaking today with Mary Langford, Director of Langford International Education Consultancy that helps schools and families manage the impacts of global mobility on children's lives and educational careers. Mary, globally mobile children are often described as third culture kids. What's meant by that term and what makes these children unique? Well, this term was first used, or coined actually, by Dr. Ruth Hill-Yusim, who was a professor at Michigan State University. And in the 1950s, she was doing research with her husband, John, in India. And I don't really know what the purpose of that research was. She was a sociologist, anthropologist, and um, was looking at something to do with repatriating Indians, I believe. But while she was there, she started to notice amongst the expatriates that she met there that they weren't exhibiting the usual traits that might be associated with the various nationalities they represented, but rather they were developing traits that were similar to one another, that they had cultural traits in common with one another as expats. And um, so, so she, she coined this phrase, the third culture. And I'd like to um, actually share the definition with you. Third culture kids are individuals who have spent a significant part of the developmental years in a culture other than the culture of their parents, and they develop a sense of relationship to both. That means the culture of their parents and the culture of the country they're living in. These children of business executives, soldiers and sailors, diplomats and missionaries who live abroad become culture-blended persons who often contribute in unique and creative ways to society as a whole. So she was talking about kids growing up outside of their passport cultural environment, living in another cultural environment, but she also talks about this mobility because the traits of these people who are diplomats, soldiers, sailors, business executives, is that they tend to move every few years. So you have this double whammy of living outside your cultural environment, but also changing and switching cultures every few years. The late David Pollack, who was a sociologist who worked with these kids, these, these third culture kid children, uh, defined in his book that he published with Ruth Van Rieken, which is a great read for parents, third culture kids growing up among worlds, he defined it slightly differently, and he evolved that definition a bit. His, his definition was a third culture kid is a person who has spent significant part of his or her, her developmental years outside the parents' culture. The TCK frequently builds relationships to all of the cultures while not having ownership in any. Although elements from each culture may be assimilated into the TCK life experience, the sense of belonging in his relationship to others of similar background. So you see, he doesn't actually have the mobility factor in his de de definition, but I think Ruth felt that this continuous mobility was an added factor because unlike children who are immigrants or people who come to stay in one place, they know they're staying there. Whereas third culture kids never quite know how long we're going to be here, how much should I engage. There's always that instant release mechanism in the back of their minds ready to move on to the next place. So it doesn't refer to the child's passport culture, and it's not that the second or third country they live in. It's not third world. It's this institutional state where children who grew up living in that experience of living outside their culture find commonality with each other. It's really interesting. Now, many of our Tanager listeners were them, themselves third culture kids, and many are now the parents of third culture kids. And 
all of us at some point have wondered if so much international mobility has created more obstacles for our children than opportunities. What's your view on that? Well, my mother has always said, when fate throws you a dagger, you can catch it in two ways, by the blade or by the handle. And I think that there are many, many benefits and advantages to, that international kids can gain by growing up in this global, multicultural world. They can learn how to adapt, to style switch. They have to be open-minded. They learn to communicate in a number of ways and in a d number of languages. They le learn to be accepting of difference, to be open-minded, and to see other perspectives. But the thing is, it, gr growing up this way is different. And so it's important to understand that and not to pretend that this is just like growing up in one place with a stable geographic or cultural or you know, social system around you and all that comes with that, all that all that, that sort of stability brings. So parents and, and people working with these children, whether in schools or people in an HR function who are you know, behind the scenes deciding what kind of lifestyle this family will have, they really need to understand the pitfalls and how to help children manage the challenges like you do anything in life. So when you grow up internationally, you don't know that it's different. You, you don't think it's a disadvantage because you don't know the other way. And it becomes normal for these kids. But it's when people around you don't respond to you in a normal way that the, the, the difficulties come and, and it can become negative. And just a footnote to that, I, I've just been at a conference in Washington called Families in Global Transition. And with a colleague, Dr. Kyung Hee Kim, who's a Korean professor who's at the College of William and Mary in Virginia, uh, presented a session that is now suggesting that, be, the, looking at research, that TCKs, because of this experience they have of mobility and of, of, of working with international cultures, have a propensity to be more creative. In, by, by that, I mean people who develop new ideas, create new ideas, take them to the next stage, products. And this is very exciting if this is another added advantage of the third culture kid experience. It absolutely is. So, so what are some of the things that parents can do to best support these children and turn um, their challenges into the, the gifts you just described, such as creativity? Mm -hmm. Well, I think that just awareness and education on this issue is really important. Um, I think it's important to recognize that it's different, and it may be different from the upbringing that you had. You talked before about about adults who are themselves third culture kids. Often it's the grandparents you know, who sort of lament this, this experience you're foisting on your, on your children. But I think it's important to be aware that it's different. It's important also to acknowledge the, the loss and the pain that children may feel naturally when they move because they lose things that they love. That might be a really special hiding place in the back garden. It could be a pet, a beloved nanny, a best friend. These are all things that you have to give up when you move. And it's okay for parents to say, you know, it's hard for me too. I mean, as adults, we f feel those losses as well. And I think it's important to acknowledge that. And then to sort of, at the same time, or as part of that conversation, to say, well, what are some of the exciting new things we have to look forward to? But I think the other thing that's very important is that parents need to know that they are the guardians of their children's legacy. 
And by that I mean that when a child moves to a new place, there may not be anyone else who knows what they had before, the, the status or the recognition, the, fast, the fact that they can swim fast or they can play the piano brilliantly or that they can speak some exotic languages. There's no one who will share the memories of those places and the, the experiences they've had. And so parents are that only continuity. And it's important that families share those memories because otherwise a child just sheds that part of their life as they move on. And it's like tearing the, the chapter of the book you just read out of the book and throwing it away. And children are the sum of these experiences. And because kids have some very special experiences and qualities they gain from these experiences, it's important to help keep those memories alive. Otherwise, they fade. And with some of that, they, their, their personality and their, and their identity diminishes. That's a, a very interesting and important point. Um, I want to turn now uh, to what happens if these TCKs are taken off the road and returned to their passport country, um, perhaps where they've never lived before. Um, what happens and how can parents help them adjust? Well, I think, you know, this is the toughest move. I mean, for most people, for parents and kids. And David Pollack, who I mentioned before, reminded us that for parents, they may be going home, but for TCKs, it's more like leaving home. And, and that's an important distinction to make. You, as, as an adult, may be all excited about this and going back to what you know, but it may not be something that your children know. Or they know it only as a sort of holiday destination where they visit relatives and maybe get spoiled a little bit and eat special treats that they don't have where they're living abroad. Um, but it's, as I say, it's important to share those to those memories and be prepared to do a lot to enrich their lives because I think that... Uh, for many families, going home from an international school or an educational experience in, in, in Europe um, can be very difficult to go back, if you go back to a school where they don't take all these amazing field trips and go skiing in the Alps and all these kinds of things. And so I sometimes say to parents, you, need, you might need to pick up on that. You need to find out what the local museums are doing and what, you know, at the local zoo, what kind of activities they have doing, because the school may not be delivering that. I've often heard kids advise each other, you know, when you go back to your country, just treat it like another foreign country and you'll be fine. The problem is that when they do move back home, the locals expect them to act local and know the local stuff, and they don't. So I think parents have to be very patient, um, and in the longer term, just recognize that kids sometimes have a, what's called a delayed adolescence. They come back and they feel really out of sync with their peers. This is all natural, normal stuff. You just have to be aware of it. I think the good news is that in the long term, these kids statistically, most go on to university, 39% go on to get graduate degrees, 11 go on to get doctoral degrees, they're curious, they're internationally aware. Many of them go back into international lifestyles, so you need to be aware of that. Your child may not grow up marrying the girl next door and living in the same town. So um, I think it's just being educated about the issues so that you know that it's actually normal for these sorts of kids. That's a good point. Um, you know, it's probably fair to say that, that the internet has changed everything. Um, do you think that new technology is also a game changer for TCKs? And if so, how? Well, it's obviously touching everything. And I think technology, most people agree in just about every sphere, there are advantages and disadvantages. Obviously, the advantage is the, the ability to stay in touch 
both with people you've just left behind, but also with, with relatives. I remember when I was a child, to call my grandparents was a big deal. We lived in, in Belgium. They were in Kentucky and Minnesota. We had to go down and pay the, the, the telephone company for time on the satellite. Ahead of time, you had maybe five minutes. You waited for the international operator to call on Christmas Eve, and it was like, hi, how are you? We're OK. How are you? We're OK. You don't even know what to say. Well, now you can Skype your grandparents and things like that, which is, which is helpful and important. But also, when, as children move to the next country, obviously, they, they can stay in touch with friends on Facebook and Skype and that sort of thing, or even with their, their last school. The, the flip side is, however, is that if a child runs home from school every day from in the new school and gets onto Facebook and Skype and is spending all this time with their friends in the last place they lived, they're not engaging with the new kids in the new setting. And so it's very important to regulate that. There was a presentation on this at this conference I went to, and one of the people there ha has said that that actually, although it helps kids stay in touch with the home base, she said, really, these kids have interests that are quite different from kids at the home base. And so they're actually not all that scintillated by what's happening back home often. They, they, have, they, they, they form, form different interests, probably a bit more sophisticated interests. And so her research is suggesting that, you know, even though that technology is there, the kids aren't all that interested necessarily in what the kids back home are interested in. Interesting. Hmm. Um, before we conclude, I know that you have um, a conference coming up this July in London on developing creativity in international schools and nurturing students in transition. Can you tell us a little bit about this event and how can interested listeners become involved? Well, this is something that, um, as I said, Dr. Kyunghee Kim is, is, is actually a world-renowned a researcher and expert on creativity. She was the subject of a Newsweek magazine cover story a few years ago, and she's made a, a very a big empirical study of, res of research into creativity. The traits of creative people are very closely aligned to many of the traits of third culture kids, and so we're looking at that at that question. However, the part part of this is is helping make this an ex a successful experience for the children. I work in the field of international education, and there are many schools that just have, you know, populations full of third culture kids. But institutionally, they don't necessarily respond in a strategic way to supporting the kids, the parents, the teachers. And so the purpose of this of this conference is really aimed at educators, although we're inviting parents, for example, if they're on PTA or parent associations, because they're part of that community, to really have them think about what are the advantages that the added bonus, you know, the, the, the added value of this international school experience in terms of developing the third culture kids in a, in a healthy and, and productive way. And then how can schools respond to that in a strategic, comprehensive, institutionalized way so that we can really leverage those advantages? Great. Um, Mary, we have learned a lot in a short amount of time uh, about uh, internationally mobile children um, and the, the challenges and the great opportunities uh, that this mobility uh, presents to them. Uh, it's been fascinating and I want to thank you for being on Tanager Talks. And thank you for letting us have a platform to spread the word. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thank you.